Uh, we started the series last week, Sunday, and the title of the message was When Mercy Speaks. My prayer is that the mercy of God will speak for you in Jesus' mighty name. We learned that mercy means God withholding punishment that we really deserve. And many of us deserve punishment. We deserve a slap from God based on the things we are doing. But this month, God says he will withhold it in Jesus' mighty name. Mercy means to cover. God will cover our nakedness in Jesus' mighty name. Mercy means giving you what you do not deserve. So there's going to be a lot of promotions. There are going to be a lot of favors. There are going to be a lot of things that are going to come your way that you do not deserve. Amen? Say, I believe. Say, I receive. Mercy also means unmerited favor. And we learn that favor is an act of kindness. Giving you what you are not qualified for. God is going to surprise many people this month. Things that you are not qualified for. God will bring it your way in Jesus' mighty name. Say, I believe. I receive. Favor is kindness beyond what is due to you. If what is due to you is two, God will give you eight in Jesus' mighty name. Favor is to be preferred. I pity those that are in contest with you, either in business or in any endeavor, because you are the one that God will prefer in Jesus' mighty name. Say, I believe. Say, I receive. Favor is over generous preferential treatment. And for somebody, they will say, ah, ah, are you the only one? You tell them, yes, I am the only one. Favor is giving you an edge, an advantage over others. And for some people that believe this month, God will give you an edge. He will give you an advantage over others. What is difficult for others to do, you will do with ease in Jesus' mighty name. Say a better amen. People of God, favor is partiality. God is just going to be partial. Favor is endorsement. Everything you lay your hands to do this month, God would endorse it in Jesus' mighty name. And of course, favor is help rendered to you without recourse to what you have done or omitted to do. My prayer is that the testimonies will abound in our lives this month in Jesus' mighty name. And there are various examples of people that experience the favor of God in the Bible. David experienced the favor of God. Naaman the Syrian, in spite of his attitude, his foul attitude, was rude. With a caustic mouth, he still experienced the favor of God. How about Paul, who was Saul? Left to man, he would not receive the favor of God. He would not receive the mercy of God. Ananias said, God, how can you choose this one? Have you not heard how he's been persecuting Christians. But God said, go your way. I have chosen him in spite of himself. May God visit you with mercy and favor in Jesus' mighty name. People of God, however, one revelation that came to us was that the foundation of favor, all the favor, the promotions, the blessings that we experience, the foundation of it is in God's mercy. It is because God is merciful that you are favored. It is because God is merciful that you are here this morning. 
without the mercy of God in your life, you won't have nada. You will be nothing without the mercy of God. God's mercies precede favor. Psalm 102 and verse 13. Psalm 102 13 says, Thou shalt arise and have what? Mercy. Upon Zion for the set time to favor. So you can't have favor without mercy. The mercy of God is the foundation. And this morning, we got a lot of other scriptures. Psalm 4 verse 1. Psalm 4 verse 1 says that it is of his mercies that he can even hear your prayer. It is because it's merciful to you that when you pray, he hears. Proverbs 20, 28. Proverbs 20, 28. You that you think you are in a position from president to the least of us. He says, it is mercy and truth that preserve the king. And his throne is uphold, upheld by mercy. Without the mercy of God, they won't even wake up this morning. Without the mercy of God, you won't be MD chairman or whatever you call yourself. It is mercy that is holding you together. People of God, Proverbs 3, 3 to 4. Proverbs 3, 3 to 4. He says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind it about your neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. So shall thou find favor. So mercy is the principal thing. He says, let us therefore, in Hebrews 4, 16. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain what? Mercy. Amen? People of God. God said in 2 Samuel 7 and 15. He says, but my mercy shall not depart away from him. As I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. That's what God was saying to David. And the scripture says that even if his children transgress, he will not take the mercy away. He will chastise them with the rod of men. But that he will remove the mercy as he removed it from Saul, he will not do it. That is what you call the sure mercies of David. My prayer, as we pray, is that the sure mercies of David will be our portion today. You need to pray and say, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, make me a candidate of your mercy. The sure mercies of David that never extinguishes. Father, let it be my portion. Let it be portion of my family, of my children. Father, please have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me so I can continue to enjoy your favor all throughout my days. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Can you imagine what God said in Romans 9, 13 concerning people that were not even born? He said, Esau, I hate. He hadn't done anything. But Jacob, I love. And he says, it's his prerogative to have mercy. So let's just clap for Jesus that we are candidates of God's mercy. And may that mercy not extinguish in Jesus' mighty name. People of God, we want to continue in our studies of when mercy speaks. I want to use as a backdrop Luke 13, 6-9. Luke 13, 6-9. The story that we all know. And it spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, 
and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbreth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his word in Jesus' mighty name. My prayer is that through this word, God will speak to us again in Jesus' mighty name. People of God, this story is talking about a certain man who had a vineyard. And of course, that man is God. You can just say, God is the owner of, you know, everything. He had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And we all know that God owns us, body, soul, and spirit. People of God, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Everything, your body, your spirit, everything belongs to God. Amen? Indeed, in Acts 17, 28. Acts 17, 28. It says, in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. So, the owner of the vineyard is God. It's God that owns you. That's why it's funny how people treat their body. The body is not yours. The Bible says that if you're a Christian, it is God's temple. You need to take care of this body. You can't treat it anyhow. My prayer is that the wisdom to take care of what belongs to God, God will grant us today in Jesus' mighty name. Going on in our study... We are the fig tree. We are the fig tree. And they would show us a picture of a fig tree. Amen? Many of us, we haven't seen it before. If you travel to the east, I mean in the um, Israel and all those places, you'll see the fig tree. Now, in this scripture, there's something special about this victory, verse 6. Let's look at our text, Luke 13, 6, verse 6. Luke 13 and verse 6. The Bible says that a certain man had a victory planted in his vineyard. For the victory to be planted in the vineyard is an act of mercy. It's an act of mercy because fig trees grow along roadsides in the wild and no one cares for them, no one protects them. They have to survive in all manner of soils rocky, shallow soil, soil without nutrients. They grow normally in the wild. And of course, you can't forget the story of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ in Mark 11, verse 12 to 25. Mark 11, 12 to 25. When Jesus was walking on the road, he saw a fig tree. It wasn't a vineyard. And he wanted to eat fruits thereon, and there was no fruit, and God caused it. We don't remember that story. He caused that fig tree and it withered. But this fig tree in this story 
is privileged had received the mercy of God instead of being on the roadside without nutrients, without protection, open to the elements. God purposefully planted it in his own vineyard. Amen? He enjoyed the mercy of God. He enjoyed better soil. And in that scripture, the Bible says that there was a dresser, there was a gardener that watched over it. There was a dresser that fertilized it. There was a, a, a dresser, a gardener that, you know, took care of it, watered it. This is an act of mercy. The Bible says in Psalm 92 and verse 13, Psalm 92 verse 13, it says, They that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the cause of God. Aren't you glad that you are planted in the house of the Lord? Aren't you glad that you are connected to Christ? Aren't you glad that you are in God's presence even today? It is an act of mercy. It is by his mercies that we are not consumed. That you woke up this morning. You came into his presence. You even knew where to go. You are couples mentees. You are not in an asylum. You are not lying down in a hospital. People of God is an act of mercy. It is an act of mercy. God says, because you are planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. People of God, your root will go downwards. And your leaves will go upwards. Your fruit will go upwards. You are planted, you will not be uprooted. People of God, being planted in the house of God shows that God is going to give you personal attention. And for somebody, the favor that you are receiving this month is going to be a special one. Just because God has planted you. God says you must flourish. So I prophesy into your life that every dryness, every fruitless effort will come to an end today in Jesus' mighty name. Say, I am planted in the house of God. I must flourish. My business will expand. No more dryness. I will fulfill destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. So shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. Because you are planted personal favor. God gave him an edge. And God has given many of us an edge. Gave him an advantage over others. Of all your mates, your classmates and all that. Some of them are not as well placed as you are. It's not because you are smart. Because the Bible says that it's not of him that willeth. It's not of him that runneth. But it's only because God shows favor and mercy. Let's clap for Jesus. Let's clap for Jesus. Hallelujah. And that is why God is just partial. Especially to us at the city of David and all our visitors and well wishers that are here today. Amen. God is partial. Amen. There is partiality by association. Even if you are not a member of the church, because you are here today, the favor and the grace upon this church is resting upon you in Jesus' mighty name. 
So when men are saying that they're casting down, when they're saying business is hard, when they're saying there's no money, ah, you will tell them, say, ah, ah, Famio, Oshon Tutu Laye Miko Dawaduro. Christ, I thank you for over generous preferential treatment. Thank you for giving me an edge. Thank you for giving me an advantage. Thank you for favor. Father, I pray that your favor, your mercy will not end in my life, in my generation, forever. In Jesus' name, lift up that prayer point that your mercy, the mercy of God and the favor of God will not extinguish. Oh, that you continue to experience the favor of God. That you go from glory to glory. You go from glory to glory. You go from glory to glory, from testimony to testimony. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please be seated. Praise the name of the Lord. As the story goes, in verse 7, God came and sought fruit from this fig tree. The Bible says, and there was none, from verse 6. You see, God is interested in productivity. That's why he says, none shall be barren in the land. He says, multiply, be fruitful, is a covenant thing. He expects growth, productivity fruitfulness and my prayer is that if there's any barrenness in any area of your life that will end today in jesus mighty name say a better amen praise the name of the lord god had invested a lot taking care of this victory watering it Having somebody, a dresser, to personally take care of it. And I think it's okay for God to have a return on investment. If you invest as a business person, you buy shares, you buy stocks, you expect a return. But at least I have sown, I must reap. It's a spiritual principle. When you sow, you must reap. 
It's an everlasting covenant. God told Noah, by the time I see the rainbow, seed time and harvest will never cease. In so far as the earth remains. My prayer is that in your life, every time you sow, you will reap multiples in Jesus' mighty name. You better say an amen. amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So God came for return on investment. And for somebody today, God is here. Amen. <laughs> He's here for return <laughs> on his investment in your life. Amen. People of God, the eternal purpose of the fig tree was to bear fruits. John 15, 16, the amplified version. John 16, 15, the amplified version. John chapter 15 and verse 16, the amplified version. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have appointed you. I have planted you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit may be lasting that it may remain and abide. Amen? So the eternal purpose of this victory was to bear fruit. And that's the fruit of the victory. And there are loads and loads of benefits that you can get from the fig tree, especially from the fruits. The fig tree can survive up to 200 years. And the fruit, it says, is a great source of fiber and full of vitamins and minerals. Dried and fresh figs have a long and illustrious history. Known for being a healthy and versatile ingredient, they can add a burst of sweetness to all kinds of dishes. Your Ogbono soup. Your Ilasikbo. Amen? To make it sweeter. He says, figs have a unique sweet taste, soft and chewy texture, and are littered with slightly crunchy edible seeds. Fresh figs are delicate and perishable, so often dried to preserve them. This produces a sweet and nutritious dry fruit that can be enjoyed all year round. Figs are high in natural sugars, minerals, and soluble fiber. Figs are rich in minerals including potassium, calcium for bones, magnesium for brain, iron, and copper, and are a good source of antioxidant, vitamins A and K, that contribute to health and wellness. It says figs are recommended to nourish and tone the intestines and act as a natural laxative. Amen? It says, a diet enriched in fruit and vegetables, including fresh, fresh figs, naturally increases potassium and is therefore encouraged to lower blood pressure. So it's, it's just awesome. So God came. He had invested a lot. And he wanted all those things. <laughs> it is right. He came for all those benefits. You are created for a purpose. The fig was created for a purpose. To bear fruit. That was the purpose. And the purpose was to benefit a lot of people. 
can imagine all the things you can get from the fig, from the fruits. And the same with you and I. Your life must be profitable to God. We talked about this last year. You are created for a purpose. There is a reason why God is still keeping your life. Your life must add value. People can call you a high achiever. Like Esther, her ambition was to be the queen. And she became the queen from grass to grace, from a hut to the palace. So when problems came, they said, queen, please come and help us. They said, ah, it's difficult. I can't go before the king because if I go to him in a time that is not convenient, he will just have to turn the scepter down and then I can lose my life. But Mordecai told him, told her in Esther 4, 13 to 14, Esther 4, 13 to 14, he says there is a reason oh, why God made you queen. It's not so much that you enjoy the benefits and the blessings of the palace. You are a key queen for such a time like this. He says, you were made a queen so that through you deliverance can come even to your people. People of God, that was a plan. That was an eternal purpose. You can have your own ambition, but what is the eternal purpose? Are you aligned? She almost missed it. And she would have been removed. Because Mordecai, her uncle said that if you don't do it, God will raise other people that will come to do it. Peter was a successful fisherman. He had his own trawlers. He had a thriving business. He was a great achiever. A whiz kid. But huh, that was not the eternal purpose. That God had for him. The eternal purpose was that he would be a fisher of men, an evangelist. And as soon as he came into that purpose, he preached one sermon. 3,000 people came to the saving knowledge of God. He would have failed. So God is telling somebody that he blessed you so that you can be a dispenser of good to others. Look at Genesis 12, 2, the Amplified Version. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2, the Amplified Version. He says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors, and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. That is it. That's the bottom line. You are famous, they know you. Some of us, they mention our name, nobody knows us. But you, you are famous, you are distinguished. You get somewhere, they put, give, give you a seat in front. Some of us, we are walking to the front and say, hey, 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 where are you going? Go and take your seat at the back. That's why Jesus said that when you go to a party, cock seat at the back. When they see you, they will move you to the front. But if you think you are somebody, ah, <laughs> glories are different too. Uh -huh. There is chairman and there is chairman and the chairman uh, maybe you're only chairman amen hallelujah praise the name of the lord tell your neighbor humble yourself amen praise the name of the lord people of god concerning a fig tree he had leaves but no fruit 
a lot of leaves. What is that telling us? God says, hey, you are self-centered. You are sucking resources. You are not giving anything to the community. The fruit is not for you alone. It is for the community. People of God, we know that, for those that study biology, that leaves are where photosynthesis takes place. It's personal. This victory will receive energy from the sun. And the leaves will protect it. It will regulate the temperature of the plant. It covers it alone. This fig tree was viable but not very valuable. There are many people in church. Viable but not valuable. I don't want to say useless. May you not be useless in Jesus' mighty name. Viable but not valuable. Busting with leaves but not beneficial for life. Alive but not productive. Just living for yourself. Of no use for the kingdom. Spending your money on yourself. On your family. That is the story of the rich fool. In Luke 12, 16. Luke 12, 16. The rich fool said, oh, my business is busted. Let me have more things. More, more branches. Let me do this. Let me be bigger bands. He didn't think of having a food bank for the community. In verse 21 of that scripture of the rich fool, in Luke 12, God says, you are not rich towards God. You are rich. Your bankers know you are rich. Your doctors know you are rich. Your realtor knows you are rich. You have treasury bills, you have all those things. But you are not rich towards God. Look at what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 16, 17. Deuteronomy 16, 17. It says, every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord thy God which he has given you. Just look at the cars. You know <laughs> you know the blessing. Of course some people they have not changed their cars for 10 years because they don't want you to know the blessing of the Lord. It differs people of God. The Bible says, give according to the blessing of God in your life. Revelations 3.1, talking about churches. It says, they exist in name only. The saddest people. You have a reputation that you're a big church, you're this, you're a big man. But you're nothing. In verse 15 to 16 to 17, it says, you are lukewarm. You think you are rich. Huh? Let's look at verse 16. Amen? To 17. He says, you are lukewarm. You are neither cold nor hot. Look at verse 17. He says, you say I'm rich, increase with goods, and have need of nothing. But in the eyes of God, you are wretched, miserable. You are poor. You are blind. You are naked. This victory sustained life for itself alone, not the community. It supplied life for itself alone. When you stand before Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.10, what will he say when he looks at your life? 
alone. Glamour, no substance, no fruit, no souls. What are you giving back? Is it commensurate? No compassion. You are doing deals, transaction, making money, watching the money grow. When your life is over, when people say you live for yourself or you live for others, people of God, we need to understand that the ministry of Jesus Christ is not based on self-preservation. He came to die for us. When they told him on the cross that, look, you can save others, you can't save yourself. He said, yeah, I came to save others, not for me. It's a ministry of self-sacrifice, living for others. The Bible says that we are the light of the world. Look at what Job said in Job 29, 15 to 17. Job 29, 15 to 17. Look at what he says. He says, I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. 16 to 17, 15, we're going to, yeah. He says, I was a father to the poor and the cause which I knew not, I searched out. 17. And I break the jaws of the wicked and pluck the spoil out of it. He lived for others. That was why he was wealthy. Verse 7 of our text, the amplified version. Verse 7 of our text, the amplified version. Look at what the dresser said in verse 7. So he said to the vine dresser, See here. For these three years, I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and I found none. Cut it down. Why should it continue also to use up the ground, to deplete the soil, intercept the sun, and take up room? He says, cut it off. Cut it off. He's taking up space. You know, figs, they fruit twice a year. And they can live for 200 years. First year, no fruit. Second year, no fruit. Fourth year, no fruit. Still living in sin, unforgiveness. Yet you're experiencing the favor of God. You're experiencing the grace of God. You are not generous. 2 Peter 3, 9 to 11. 2 Peter 3, 9 to 11. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. It's just that he doesn't want you to die. He's giving you a long rope. In Mark eleven twelve to 25, Jesus saw a fig tree like you. Didn't give him one year. Didn't even give him one day. He caused it. The same scenario. But for the mercy of God, you won't be here today. The same scenario. But this one, four years, three years, they gave of grace. God has not given us what we deserve. He's a merciful God. Look at the story in Isaiah 5, 1 to 6, the Amplified Version. Isaiah 5, 1 to 6, God was talking about a fig tree. His relationship with the fig tree. He said that he had done everything he needed to do. He said, what do you expect me to do again? He says, I'll tell you what I'll do. Let's look at verse 2 
uh, it says he dug it, trained the ground, gathered out the stones from it, planted it with choices wine, built a tower in the midst of it, and he looked for it to bring forth grapes. He brought up white grapes. Verse 3. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem, men of Judah, I pray you, between me and this uh, vineyard, George, look at verse 4. He says, what more could I have done for a vineyard that I have not done? When I looked for it for grapes, it gave me wild grapes. Five. Now I will tell you what I will do. I will take away its hedge. It shall be eaten and burned up. And I will break down its wall. And it shall be trodden down by enemies. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or cultivated. But there shall come a bread. You know, that's what is the natural thing. But here you are. In spite of what you are. You are still here. People of God. But for the Lord's mercies, we would not be here. So the man said, cut it down. Cut it down. It came after three years. But mercy said, no. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you slip away. You don't have to be afraid. Mercy said no. Sin will never take control. Life and death stood face to face. Darkness tries to seal my heart away. But thank you, Jesus. Mercy said no. Verse 8. Jesus the dresser said, No! God, don't take him out in the midst of his days. He said, No, please. Habakkuk 3 2. Habakkuk 3 2. He says, In wrath, please remember mercy. My prayer that mercy will speak for you. And indeed, it's because mercy is speaking that you're still here today. Amen? Jesus is a mercy. He said, one more year, I will dig it, I will dung it. If it bears fruit, great. If it doesn't, then you can cut it off. We thank God that we have a God who ever lived to make intercession for us. Because on the other side, we have the accuser of the brother. He said, look, he's not bearing fruit. Take him out. But mercy said, no somebody. Let's clap for Jesus. Let's clap for Jesus. People of God, as I run to a close, Jesus said, I will dig it. I will dunk it with manure. He believed in you. Potential. When others have written you off, God believes in you. That's why you're still here. If it was to mark sin, we won't be here. People have given up on you. But God is still standing for you. Amen? People of God. He says, I will dung it. God is giving you a second chance today. But dung is manure. It's bull dash. You know what it is? Amen? It stinks. It stinks. He says, I will dung it. It stinks. But it's a fertilizer. It has power to get you to the next level. I don't know what's going to happen or what's happening in your life. Maybe right now your life stinks. 
Oh, it's a fertilizer. It's a manure. At the time in the life of Joseph, his life was stinking. He smelled like manure. He had challenges. He had issues. Was a house up? Was a prisoner? Manure, fertilizer. God was dung in it. Ruth and Naomi, by the time they came back to Jerusalem, they had to live from hand to mouth. They were picking up scraps. Can you imagine someone that had a home? Picking up scraps left behind by harvesters. At a time, the life of Job was dung, was stinking. The life of David stinking. Daniel stinking. The three Hebrew children, that was a time that their lives were stinking. Maybe your life is stinking now, but God will use all the stinking stuff in your life to promote you. Amen? When Boaz saw Ruth, he didn't smell any stench. He saw a beautiful lady. But for the dung, but for the stench, but for the picking up after harvesters, there's no way Ruth would have met Boaz. People of God, that's why the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 1, 5 to 7, 1 Peter 1, verse 7, it says when we go through trials and issues, is to make us better. Endure. Because your tomorrow will be alright. Amen. First Peter 5.10. First Peter 5.10. First Peter 5.10. First Peter 5.10. Amen. He says, For the God of our grace, who has called us unto eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, then he will make you perfect. He will establish you. He will strengthen you. And he will settle. You know God, there was stench in the life of Jesus, born in a manger. First visitors were shepherds. Was hanging around with sinners, lepers, was crucified. Dead and buried. That was stench. That is dung in it. God allowed everything to work as fertilizer. Stinking on Friday. But by Sunday morning, he rose up in newness of life, newness of body, resurrection. And that is what is happening to some of us. People of God, Joseph said in Genesis 50, 20, he says, you meant it for bad, but God turned it around for good. So when people push you down, they are just your fertilizer. God will use all they are doing for you to make you grow. Peter, in spite of the fact that he denied Christ, he bounced back. Joseph bounced back. You too, you will bounce back in Jesus' mighty name. They say when life throws us lemon, we should make lemonade out of it. I don't know who God is talking to today. Even the apostles in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 9. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 9. They say, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He says, perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted, but never forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. People of God, 
Uh, some of us, people are surprised that we're still standing. They're still blossoming. In spite of all the things that happened, Jesus says, I will dunk it. Yes, there's a bit of stench. But by the time the fruits come out, it's bigger, it's brighter. And all the stress of yesterday will be wiped away. People of God, when people are surprised at you and they wonder why you are still standing, you have to tell them a story in a song. You tell them that I almost let go. I felt like I just couldn't take life anymore. My problems had me bound. Depression weighed me down. But God held me close. So I wouldn't let go. God's mercy kept me. So I wouldn't let go So I'm here today Because God gets me I'm alive today Only because of His grace of God we're standing here today because of the mercy of God it is because it's holding us up maybe your life right now <laughs> there's some stench is a fertilizer I can see a brighter tomorrow for you you will testify in Jesus mighty the dresser said one more year it can be one more month it can be one more day who knows says if it bears fruit great but if it continues without bearing fruit then you only have yourself to blame as all eyes are closed I don't know whether you are here you know you are the one that God is speaking to you are a fig tree living for yourself just with leaves not adding value not rich towards God alive but not productive or you are still a sinner you have been hearing give your life to Jesus Christ but you are living large, living for yourself the Bible says in Matthew 3.10 Matthew 3.10 says the axe is already at the foot of the tree if you do not bear fruit the Bible says that you are going to be burnt up but today God is giving you a chance the month of grace, a month of favor, but rooted in the mercy of God. This moment is a moment of mercy. And the Bible says that no one can come to God unless God draws him. So this call is coming out right now for you. I don't know how long you time, how long you have. God says he will fulfill the number of our days. Everybody has a number. Jesus died at three and a half. I don't know what you have. It varies. 
But the most important decision that you can ever take is to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. So if you're here, you don't know Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. There's an urgency in the spirit. God can come from, for us anytime. And if you don't bear fruit, you're going to hell. But he says, today's a day of grace. I'll give you a second chance. So if you're here, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You have never publicly declared for Jesus. Or you look at your life and you know that you're not adding value. You're not fulfilling purpose. Then you're the one to lift up your hand right now. Just lift up your hand. We'll pray with you. Now repeat after me and say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now. I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me my sins. With my mouth, I confess that Jesus, from today, I accept you as the Lord of my life. I plead the blood of Jesus to wash me clean of all my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in the book of life. Make me brand new in Jesus' mighty name. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. We bless your holy name. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. We thank you for admonishing us. Father, we pray that our lives will be profitable unto you. That will add value to the kingdom. King of glory, O Lord, we pray that from today, we will no longer be self-centered. We will live for others. When we stand before you, you will say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. So let it be, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.